Amen. All right, now I, I think Cindy's got uh, Children's Church today, and Debbie's with her, and then also we have Angie's here to help with nursery if anybody wants to go to nursery, so those are there. Um, and uh, so today, um, just wanted to say that today I know we're finishing up a Brown season, and you know they got to the fourth string quarterback. That's what it's like when the pastors lead singing. It's the fourth <laughs> string quarterback. Only I, I am in no way Joe Flacco, unfortunately, <laughs> more of... If Kermit the Frog was playing quarterback, anyway. Um, so today I'm going to uh, I'm going to Jude again. I'm going to finish out the book of Jude. Uh, I'm thankful for Derek and for uh, Marilyn and Hannah, and that they are able to help me out, and, and we can sing together. You know, it's just about worshiping. That's all it is. Uh, so I try not to get too worked up about it. Jude, uh, and we're looking at verse 20 now. If you remember, oh, I left my sermon over here. Um, if you if you remember. Um, I don't need it, but it's just kind of one of those things you have in case you forget it. Uh, so if you remember, a long time ago, actually, we looked at Jude a little bit in the month of November, so I guess it wasn't that long ago. But when we first started the book of Jude, Jude starts off the letter, and Jude says, I would like to talk to you about salvation and the good news of Jesus and who he is and what he wants to do uh, for the people in the world. I'd like to talk to you about that, but unfortunately I need to address some issues that we have. And then in the most of the letter, Jude addresses those issues. And we've talked about those issues. Mainly the idea is that you have people who are living out of self. They are doing their own thing, and they are doing it in a way that they're saying, oh, I'm following Jesus, but really it's all about themselves. And so Jude has to confront those things, and he uses a variety of colorful images to do it um, and if you go back in the past in, in our in our podcast you can you can hear some of those that we worked on but the exciting thing is that today in verse 20 Jude gets to the good stuff so all that Jude says he wants to talk about he finally does at the end of the letter talk about a little bit about love salvation and faith and if you see at the beginning of the letter Jude talks about all those things very briefly he talks about the love of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ in verse 1 he talks about I want to write to you about the salvation that God uh, offered us and about Jesus Jesus coming rain. It all comes up there very at the beginning, and now he brings it back at the end. Uh, so Jude has spent the whole time confronting threats to the Christian community for those who have kind of taken their salvation for granted, not really serious about following after Jesus. And now he spends some time talking to his readers about what the Christian life should look like. And that is a great way to start a new year, I think, saying, well, what does it really look like to follow Jesus? If I want to follow Jesus, what does it look like? Well, let me hear from Jude, who was a brother of Jesus. And I found this great little art that someone had put out right around Christmas. If you want to follow the person on Twitter, they wrote this little art piece about Jesus and his younger siblings. Because uh, we have in scripture listed some of Jesus' younger siblings. We have his brothers listed, and then it says he also had sisters. So we don't know exactly how many he had. But here I enjoy this picture of all these children kind of pulling on their older brother Jesus, uh, as tends to happen with older brothers, and Jesus kind of playing with them. And so we think about Jude being one of those siblings who grew up with Jesus and then eventually recognized and came to believe in Jesus as Lord and Christ and God in his life and how that impacted him. So I want to listen to what Jude has to say about what it means to follow Jesus and I think if we had to take something away from today, Jude would say that to follow Jesus requires you to work on staying in love with God. So that's the kind of takeaway I want you to think about. So we're going to look at Jude uh, verses 20 through 21. 
But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. So uh, today I want to try to make sure that we're very practical on how we're approaching this. Um, the, uh, sometimes when we've gone through the past year, I, I really enjoyed going through the whole Bible with you, but sometimes I, I feel like I have to focus on trying to get you to understand and, and communicate what a book is all about. So maybe it isn't always as practical as I want it to be. But Jude, like his brother James and like Jesus, are very practical people. Uh, so it, it's, it's neat to hear Jude say, well, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to hear what I wanted to talk to you about this whole time when I was writing this letter, here's some things you need to think about. And what he says is, first of all, you need to build yourselves up in your most holy faith. And in this, Jude is talking about uh, the social support aspect of Christianity, how we are meant to build each other up. And it, it is a point where we, as we enter into a new year, I want you to really think about what you're doing to make this an intentional practice in your life. How are you building up the foundation of your faith, of your relationship with Jesus? Because Jude is saying here, he's saying it takes intentional work. Um, and I know Rob works in construction uh, and, and probably some of the rest. I know Clark has done some construction work. Um, have you ever gone out to a construction job and found the bricks assembling themselves on their own? Unfortunately, no. Maybe AI will bring it about one of these days. I don't know. But usually, usually it requires somebody to actually have to sweat and put things together. Uh, those of you on the trip to Guatemala, you know that if we're building a church, it's going to require work. It's going to require effort. If you're just, you know, sitting around and hoping it happens, well, actually, there the Guatemalans might have done it for us. But we, we felt like we needed to help. We needed to help. Somebody had to do the work. Somebody had to put the sweat equity into it. And that's what Jude is saying here. If you're going to value this faith that you've been given, and again, remember, faith is receptivity to God's activity. It's my receptiveness to God doing what he wants in my life, my openness to his resource filling who I am. So Jude's saying if you really care about that, you're going to build yourself up in that. You're going to put intentional effort into it. So some of the ways that we do that in our church is we try to make sure that you know that you're invited to be part of small groups. If there's not a small group time that works for you, let me know, and we will find one that works for you. If you can't come to a small group, but you'd like to be part of one online, I will make an online group for you to be part of that you know you can zoom into. Uh, these are all things that we want to make sure we spend time uh, building ourselves up in the coming year, because uh, that that's a I mean that's the reason that we're here on a Sunday morning for one. Obviously. You know, you could be at home and you could probably watch a better sermon than what I'll preach for you. I'm sure that, you know, there's probably somebody out there who's got just, you know, the best one they've ever done. And they can just replay it for you, right? And, and uh, you, you could do that. Um, or you could just read your Bible or some people like to worship in nature. But the reason that we come together as a church is that we believe there's something. And Jesus tells us that whenever two or three gather in my name, that's where I am. I'm there with them. We believe that there's something uh, important, there's something worthwhile, meaningful about us being together, looking each other in the eye and saying, what does it look like to follow Jesus together? You're not the same as me. And sometimes we might 
conflict. And other times we might really get along and see like how together the two of us can do something that's not, we're not capable on our own. How much more the 40 of us, 60 of us, all of us here can do something that we're not capable of doing on our own because Jesus together as a community is bringing us together. Uh, next week I'm excited because next week we're going to bring in seven new members. We're going to do three baptisms and one reaffirmation. That's going to be very exciting in worship next week. Uh, but the reason that it would be truly exciting is if all of us today and next week and the year ahead take very seriously the idea that if you are entered this building, I am now part of what it is that Jesus is doing in your life. And you're part of what Jesus is doing in my life. And we need to intentionally make the effort to build up that faith that God has given us in him together to see what he wants to do in us. And that's the commitment that you'll see seven people make next week. It'll be a chance for all of us who are members and part of this church to reaffirm that commitment in our own lives. I wanted to mention, I forgot to do this at the beginning. If you're interested in reaffirming your baptism, we'll have the baptismal tank out here. And you can talk to me after the service if you're interested in that. Um, so just let me know. But it'll be a great time next week. And it'll be a reminder of what Jude is saying here. So I encourage you, a very practical step. If you haven't been able to find time to be part of a small group, let me know. And I'll make sure that we can get one started for you that will work for you. Or you can join us in some of the groups that we have now. Uh, we have groups that meet monthly. We have groups that meet bi-weekly. We have groups that meet weekly. We'll make something work. All right, so the next thing that Jude says here in this passage is that we should pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I spent some time working through commentaries. I talked to some of my college professors to try to make sure, my seminary professors, to try to make sure I understood what Jude is saying in this passage. And it, it really seems that Jude here in this passage is talking about when I pray, doing so with the help and encouragement of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is speaking to me as I speak to Jesus, as I speak to the Father and pour out my heart to him. The Holy Spirit is moving in my life. And, and I, I want to try to give us kind of a practical illustration of this. Um, uh, today I'm singing here outside of my comfort zone, uh, but also I play guitar. And that's a little more in my comfort zone. I'm nothing special at it, but you know I can see the chords and I can play them. But what I find amazing is whenever I get to play with somebody who plays by ear, which Steph can do and Celeste can do. And I know like anybody who plays the drums, you somewhat do that. Like you just can kind of pick it up. And, and it's just amazing to me that when you play music with somebody who it just comes naturally to. Like when I, one of the first jobs I had in ministry was I led a youth praise band. And we had a kid in the praise band who picked up a banjo and started playing it just could play it, which just astounded me that like that could exist. But it's just something, it's something innate, right? There's that music inside of you. I can read the music notes and play the music that is on the page, and it will sound like the music, but the music in that way doesn't live inside of me like it does a person who can play by ear, a person who can pick up a banjo and start playing it. When I think about praying in the Spirit in this passage, I think about that all of us as believers in Jesus who are building ourselves up in this holy faith, who are falling after Jesus, we are all invited to learn to grow in playing life by ear. The Spirit knows where I'm supposed to go. It comes naturally to the Holy Spirit because he's pouring out Jesus into my life. Jesus who lived the human life the way that it's supposed to be lived, who every moment of his life lived, thought, 
acted and spoke in perfect love. It comes naturally to him because it comes out of his very heart. At his heart, he is pure, undulterated love. And the Holy Spirit pours that presence into my life. And so when I'm living in the Holy Spirit, I play the music that this life is supposed to produce by ear. It comes naturally to me because he brings that about in me. It isn't something I have to sit around and figure out. All I have to do is fall deeper in love with the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit, live, act, speak in the Holy Spirit, because he's going to pour that life and that music out in me. So that's kind of the image that I thought of when I thought of this passage. Jude's saying that's possible. It's possible to live that way. That when I pray, I'm not just saying words, but I'm speaking out of this force. And I don't want to say force in like an impersonal sense. It's the forceful presence of the personal spirit bringing about this reality I'm not capable of experiencing on my own. That's what Jude's talking about here. Uh, this past week, it's always great. Sometimes you have these great theological discussions with your kids before bedtime, and that's when you're like, man, I wish you'd go to bed, but I guess I should probably talk to you. But, uh, you know, when you're talking to the kids and we're reading this book and they, they start asking me, what does Jesus' voice sound like? What does Jesus sound like? How do I know what his voice sounds like? And, and I, you know, I was struck by Elliot asking me that question. And, you know, the best I can come up with is saying, when you hear the voice that speaks to you and tells you how to love, tells you to be kind, tells you to do something that is nice for someone else, tells you to, uh, you know, say it's not about me, but it's about Augie or it's about mom or it's about dad. That's the voice of Jesus. And you'll begin to recognize and hear his voice. You'll begin to recognize what it sounds like. His very, the, the tenor of his voice will become clear to you when you spend time focusing on hearing it. And I have found over the years, and I'm excited to see this with my kids, I have found over the years that it is a lot easier for children to hear it than it is for adults. That a lot of times if you spend the time and you ask your child, what did God say to you? Your kid will say, oh, here's what God said to me. And you'll be like, wow, that sounds true. <laughs> that sounds like what he would say to you. Because they can hear it and they, they haven't had all the distractions that we put into our lives. Jude in this passage is saying, you can hear it again. You can spend time focusing and listening, and he will speak to you in prayer. So that's a beautiful concept. That's supernatural speaking of the Holy Spirit. And then he says uh, this idea of staying in love, staying in love. He says, keep yourselves in God's love. And this love he uses here is agape, that selfless love, that uh, desiring the highest good for someone else, putting their needs first. Um, and, and, of course, when we think about staying in love, it's pretty easy <laughs> to make a connection there. You know, if you, if, you, if you are married, if you've been married, if you've ever seen someone who's married, uh, you know that, you know, not only is there that moment where you commit to being with that person, not only are there the butterflies that you experience at one point or another, or maybe your whole life, uh, but also there's the commitment to stay in love. It takes effort and commitment to stay in love. And Jude is talking about here, this here with God. He's saying, hey, God has called you into a relationship with himself. He's given you his love. You're meant to have love for him. What are you doing to focus on staying in love with him? And you know, you know what some of those things are. Uh, it's, it's spending time in the word of God. It's spending time reading his word and hearing from him in his word. Uh, you know, I encourage you. Uh, you know, you can join us on the Bible plan. If you have version. you can join us on the Bible plan. You can ask questions and we'll talk about them through together. But I encourage you also to find a book of the Bible and spend a lot of time in there. You know, if you, if you find one book of the Bible or even one chapter of the Bible and you read that chapter 
uh, for a whole year, or you read that chapter for a month and then move to a different chapter in the same book for the next month, you will find the Lord revealing so many things about himself to you in that passage. All of a sudden, you know, I'm spending time here in Jude. It's amazing when I spend time in Jude chapter 1, all of a sudden my whole life starts to be filtered through the lens of Jude chapter 1. I start to see the people around me, and when I hear Elliot ask me about how to hear the voice of Jesus, I'll say, wow, that sounds exactly like that whole concept of praying in the Spirit I was listening to and I was reading about, and I was trying to understand, I was texting my professors from seminary about. Uh, and, and, and I wouldn't have made that connection if I wasn't spending time in that passage. But guess what? If I was spending time in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, I would start to see those things pop up. So wherever it is that you choose to spend time in Scripture, God will, God will show you His love and pour out His love in your life. Um, you know, and, and, and the same thing, you know, it, life is busy. I understand it. It takes intentional effort. I'm telling you that here. Chelsea and my life are incredibly busy as well. Um, it's about to get busier. And, and, we're, and that it takes intentional effort for us to stay in love, to keep in love with each other. It doesn't take effort on my part to love Chelsea. I love her, and I'm not ever going to not love her. I love th the things about her. But it takes, uh, it takes effort to, to put that love first and foremost in my life and prioritize it. And I need to think about and spend time deciding how I'm going to make that happen. Same thing needs to happen in my relationship with Jesus. It takes intentional work, but the good news is, the good news is, God is putting that work in for me as well. I don't know why, I can't explain it, but he absolutely loves me, and he's putting that work into the relationship that I have with him. Every moment of my life, if I take the time to look, I'm going to see where he's pouring out his love, and he's reminding me with, with a picture that he drew for me in the sky with a, with a person that he's put in my life to speak a word, a sound, a, a song to me that reminds me of his love. Even if I'm watching a show, a TV show that I, I, really, I really love and appreciate and, and think, man, this is a great show. If I'm spending time in love with God, I'm going to start to see how he's pouring out his love and showing me his relationship with me through that show. But it takes work on my part to see it, to recognize it, and to live into that. All right, so the last thing we see here. As he says, as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. This idea of waiting uh, is a sustaining expectation. It's an eager expectation for salvation. Um, so it's, it's this idea of waiting for the arrival of something. And the arrival is the salvation of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus to bring us to eternal life. Jesus wants us to live forever. That's why he brought us into existence is because he wants to spend forever with us. It isn't an accident that you were here. It isn't an accident that human beings came across this earth. It isn't an accident that all the forces of nature work together so that we could live in this place and in this time because God, it isn't an accident because God designed it because he wants to live with us forever. And, and Jude says here, live in eager expectation of that moment, that arrival of that reality with him. I can't help but think about, when I think about waiting in eager expectation for arrival, I think about us uh, waiting in eager expectation for our child to come, our, our fourth child, our second daughter. And now, here's the thing. Uh, it, when, our, when our baby arrives, there's going to be immense joy. And, and I, all of a sudden, I'll see this new child, and, and I'll fall immediately in love, and I'll say, wow, I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. 
and I'm going to give you everything that I have to care about you and keep you safe and protect you. But you know what else? Life is going to get more complicated, too. <laughs> There's going to be some things to figure out. Zaley might not necessarily love the fact that we're holding the baby uh, more than we're holding her sometimes. And, but part of what Zaley's going to experience is the immense joy that my five sisters can tell you about of having a sister, of having someone, that sibling who's always there and always with you along the journey, someone who you can rely on to love you no matter what. And someday she's going to be absolutely thrilled about that. I promise. I promise. Someday she's going to be absolutely thrilled about that, but maybe not right away. And all of that, all of that reminds me of the adventure that God has planned in this expectation of his bringing us to eternal life. I can't tell you what's ahead in the coming year for each of you. I can't tell you what's ahead for you in each one of your lives. But what I know is that everything that happens in the year ahead and everything in front of you in your life is part of what God is bringing about in you forever. It's an eternal existence he's planned for you. So every moment of your life is meaningful and important because of that. You are meant to be in an adventure, in a relationship with a God who loves you more than I can ever love a child, more than I can ever love Chelsea. He loves us deeper and more intimately than I can ever imagine. And when I, when I fall more into that, when I dwell on that, when I think about it, it changes the way I interact with people. It changes the way I live my life on a daily basis. It changes what I prioritize, how I spend my money, how I spend my time, what kind of goals I have the life that I want to live, it changes everything when I live in this sustaining expectation that Jesus someday is going to live with me forever. And it's a relationship that I have with him now is meant for infinity, for all time, because of what he wants to experience with me. And you can understand why Jude's whole letter, he said, I've been waiting to talk to you about this. This is what I really want to talk to you about, because this is what it's all about. That same God who has called us into that relationship, has called us to the table. And today we're going to share in the communion meal together. So he has called us to a table and said, uh, I want to be in a relationship with you forever, and I'm going to make it happen through my presence in your life. And so we remember that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. He also took a cup, and he said, This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. So in those moments, we remember that Jesus, who invites us into this love, who says, build yourselves up in the faith, who says, learn to listen to my voice, learn to speak out of the truth that I put in your hearts, stay in love with me and wait for the moment we get to be together forever, says, I'm going to give you the strength to live into that because of my presence in your life. And here it is. It's the bread and it's the cup. It's a reminder that you need my strength more than you need food to give you strength. You need my sustenance, my blood poured out into your life more than you need water or uh, any, any sort of drink to drink. You need me to bring you my resource in my life. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate communion. So I invite you today, as we share in this time of communion together, to take the bread. We ask, Lord, that you would send your spirit on these gifts of bread and cup, that they would be for us, your body and your blood, that we may be for the world, your body redeemed by your blood. We ask that you would take the bread and you would eat the bread and remember and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving.